independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Breaking news, but not uh, not shocking. Apparently, uh, there is uh, OR, which is old Russia, and now we have NR, which is new Russia. It's like New Mexico and regular Mexico. <laughs> so, so we have that. We'll talk about it. Mike Lyon's going to join us at the bottom of the hour, but uh, not a shocker. I mean, we knew they had annexed, uh, was it four regions? I saw today that there was 25 at last count people dead, with many more, as they believe, dead and wounded, of people who had driven there to help get their family and friends out of the new Russia. And in doing so, they were shelled because... The Russian military, I'm going to say it, it's a bunch of bitches. It's a whiny-ass SOBs. I said it. And you know what? They suck, they're awful, and they're getting asses whooped and good. General Petraeus said the other day, the best-equipped military is Ukraine. Now the question is, what happens from here? Because now that it's part of Russia, is any attack really going to be met with the force that Putin's threatened? I think we're going to find out sooner rather than later, and it could get ugly. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, It is nasty. We know that. We saw what it did to the likes of a vast majority of Tampa Bay and many other areas throughout Florida. But Ian now is stretching his legs and or she, right, because it could be a her, because I saw that. Somebody tweeted that. Did you see that? What is its pronouns? And then she had to come out and apologize. But the reality is, is it goes out over the coast. And then what's it do? Well, it potentially goes from being a tropical storm again to a potential hurricane again as it gets ready to invade South Carolina. The rain has picked up a lot, especially over the past few hours as Ian roars closer to shore, targeting the Carolinas. Now, we have already seen wind gusts of up to more than 50 miles per hour along the coast. Now, the main concern here is, of course, flash flooding and the potential for life-threatening storm surge. And that's the big thing, life-threatening storm surge. And, you know, they're still looking for, they don't even know how many people. I mean, the reality is they have no idea how many people or lost. I mean, it, it could be, you know, upwards of a thousand. It could be 500. It could be less than a hundred. But it is going to take a long time for this thing to suss itself. And if you've not seen the devastation, it is just, we say it all the time nature will mess you up. And nature's force was on full display. And it was on full display. The crushing of parts of it. It looked like a, I said it, and I'll say, it looked like King Kong and Godzilla got into a fight. Over the weekend, last weekend, uh, we're flipping around and uh, there was like a Godzilla movie marathon on. And my my, my stepdaughter is obsessed. She loves Godzilla. And uh, so we were watching some of it. And it's neat, right? Like, you for the day, it was awesome. Nowadays, we look at it, it's cheap. We got all the technology and all the stuff. 
But, you know, watching the guy in the suit crush these little towns and, you know, you can almost see the string as they pull the little cars away, you know, around it. It looked like, though, Godzilla had stormed through there and and King Kong and them got into a fight and they're throwing each other around. And it's 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 horrific. But now the build back begins and there's some situations here, including insurance companies who may not have the money to pay out everybody on top of that there are a ton of people in florida that don't have insurance for this flooding it could be upwards of 40 percent in some areas could you imagine that and i know that uh they're they're looking to you know because i will say this biden has been on it uh, there hasn't been politics outside of the climate change. We'll touch on that in a second, but they've been on it and, and discussing a lot of this stuff. Apparently they're willing to offer up to 38,000 to people who maybe didn't have the coverage or their coverage wasn't enough. That's the other side of it because you know, you, you, your house has been there for years because understand Tampa hasn't had a, a, anything like this for 101 years. So you may not be carrying that kind of insurance that you think you need. And then you're going to find out, oh, wow, that is ugly. And it could get uglier. As for insurance costs, Florida homeowners already pay the highest average premiums in the country. And experts expect that number to only go up because of Hurricane Ian. And with so many claims, some insurance companies may not be able to pay all of them out. Yeah, my buddy is going to be heading there, I think, later today or tomorrow. And he'll be out there. He is an insurance adjuster. He goes out there. And, you know, he, like he says, we've touched on it. Their worst nightmare is, is, is his best days. And uh, there's just some companies just not going to be able to afford all of this. There's not. And there's just some people, though, by the way, who just didn't have enough. You know, be- rebuilding your home isn't going to be the same. It isn't. And this is a, uh, again, this is it's horrible and it's nasty. And ha- heaven forbid we, we, we just talk about what needs to be done. How do we help people? What can we do to help? The Indiana National Guard sending more than a dozen soldiers, three flight crews and mechanics, along with two Black Hawk helicopters to help with recovery efforts. And they're not the only ones heading south. More than two dozen American Red Cross volunteers from Connecticut and Rhode Island are headed to Florida, including 66-year-old Joe Apicelli. We serve hot, healthy meals three times a day. Joe will join hundreds of other volunteers from across the country, assisting with hurricane response. The Indi- And I will say this, Joe, I appreciate it that you're going to do that. Uh, I don't know if I want a healthy meal at this point. I'd like a burger. <laughs> it's, it's been a hell of a week and I'm fine with a burger at this point. And you're, you're, there's tons of ways to give, but this has changed so much. I mean, if I some of the satellite pictures above like Fort Myers and stuff. It is you remember how they you know you got oceanfront property in Arizona. Well, in some of those cases, you're five miles away, three miles away from the ocean. You now have ocean, not front property. You're part of the ocean. Now this will recede and it'll head back out after the surge is gone, and that's what will happen. And we'll rebuild. But it is this. There's no doubt this thing is 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 was a beast. And I want to see what human life toll. I mean, you know, I mean, some of those people, how many of those people are stuck? There is a, you know what? I might do it here. I mean, what the heck? I don't know. This story is so amazing. And I'm always thrilled by, you know, just human beings will to survive. And at the other side of, uh, at the other side of things, uh, 
to me, the lack of friends, being able to talk to human beings, that your neighbors, the the lack of 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 just it, it, this is shocking. This is a lady that it is. I don't even know how to describe what she went through. So you got a woman whose husband is how should we say this he's sick not just kind of sick he's very sick and the story is fascinating because not only is he sick sick he's now paralyzed where did you ride the storm out i hid under the kitchen table under the table yeah i made kind of a fort with pillows and blankets and i hid under the table but before i hid i had to protect my husband and let's explain your husband kevin uh no christopher christopher sorry your husband christopher he's paralyzed from the chest down yeah he has um metastatic prostate cancer that has metastasized to his spine and And this week he became paralyzed and he was at the hospital but they released him to come home now first of all really he became paralyzed this week nobody at the hospital thought you know what there's a big storm coming maybe it's best that we keep him here or we move him or have him evacuated to an area that's not going to be in the eye of the storm because this lady and they're older uh this isn't good and by the way no family no friends no neighbor coming over going you know what uh Renee's next door and her husband, they're doing they're, they're not doing so great. We need to figure out what we can do to help. So how did you protect him and what was that like? It was terrifying. I took some blankets and I put holes in them with the scissors and I zip tied them to the hospital bed. And then I took a big tarpaulin that had grommets and I zip tied that over it. And then I put pillows in plastic bags and I duct taped them to the top of the, the uh, sideboard. And then I put pillows between the sideboard and the window because I didn't want him to to get cut up to death if the window blew in and then i put a life jacket on him so that if if the water came he wouldn't drown that's what she did for her husband it just shows you like what people are willing to survive and when push comes to shove what they can do in saying that i was also shocked by the fact that there was nobody you could call there was no neighbor who recognized you were in a position like this that is to me is is just as shocking. It is. But the human spirit, it endures. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Shows your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. A lot of stuff to sneak into. Mike Lyon's going to join us at the bottom of the hour again. If you guys are just joining the program, uh, but you knew what was coming. Uh annexing four territories that they now say are theirs. Russia has done that with their pretend vote last Friday and Saturday. Uh, that was a uh, overwhelming decision to join Russia. So, uh, which as nobody recognizes it except for maybe that guy. We're talking about Putin. We're going to talk to Mike Lyons about this and what's going on over there and how Russia is in deep, deep trouble. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show, Twitter My Pillow. Right now, get your My Pillow per kale bed sheets. Normally ninety dollars. Yours. For the low, low price of 40 bucks. That's right. 250 thread count, breathable, cool, sleep amazing, fit perfect, king queen uh, sizes, pillowcases, tons of different you know colors and 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 just patterns. It's awesome. 60-day money back guarantee. And right now, 
you're going to save huge. It's the biggest sale of the year in bed sheets at mypillow.com. The percale bed sheets normally ninety bucks, yours for fifty uh, for forty dollars. Plus, you're talking about the entire my pillow line of everything on super deep discounts, two for ones, you name it. They got it going on the towels, the mattress, Thomas, everything. Plus the percale bed sheets for just 40 bucks. Take advantage of this by going to mypillow.com slash Benson, mypillow.com slash Benson, mypillow.com slash Benson. Chad Benson show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. That's the thing he admires most, his ability to make adjustments at halftime. To a rolling left with the grain, and down he goes. Slung down in his own 48-yard line. Josh Tupu. And uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh to say the least. So I got home last night. And I was like, wow, the game, uh, it's only at halftime. What, uh, what? You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I just got home better time. If you didn't see the football game last night, shame on you. Secondly, Tua Tungavaloa got knocked the blank out. And it was scary to watch because when he hit the ground, and it was it was one of those things where it looked like a wrestling move. The guy grabbed Tua by the you know uh, around his hips and his stomach, and he pulled him to the ground, and his head hit, and he did the rigor mortis, where his arms are stiff and his fingers look like they're dislocated, and it was scurry. But the NFL may have a problem here because Sunday he got knocked on his ass, and when he got up. Because you see his head hit the ground in the first half. When he got up, he took three steps, and then he was wobbly, and it was dizzy, and he went over again, and he tried, and they had to like somewhat carry him off. And then they let him come back in the second half, and they said, well, it was his back. Uh-uh. I don't think anybody's buying that. I don't think anybody's buying that. But that was scary last night. Because when you, see, I've seen it a couple times in in you know playing soccer and hockey where people and their arms will be straight out. You've seen boxers they get hit, and their arms are straight out, and they're just on the ground and or their feet. It was just, it was frightening. I was terrified. But he got to fly home with the team. They released him. He's under concussion protocol. But still, that was like whoa. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Mike Lyons going to join us in a bit. We were just talking. Uh, if you guys haven't heard. Uh, they have annexed four territories in Ukraine, and they now have them as theirs, they say, which is not really – he signed a some sort of treaty or an agreement with another country who didn't get to sign any of it? I don't quite get that. Oh, it's because you're a bully. And sometimes the only way that you can get to a bully is by fighting back. And that's what they're doing. But is, you know, the fear is now how ugly is this going to be? Because now that he's got his four areas, is he going to say, 
and keep to his 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 threat that if you attack Russia, we'll come hard with big stuff. Because now that you say these four are yours, what does that mean? Most worrying, though, is that this move effectively puts Putin in a corner. It's impossible to see any kind of peace deal. Putin, of course, is not going to accept the loss of any territory that he regards as Russia. And, of course, the Ukrainians are not going to accept the loss of their land. They've suffered way too much. So I think there are real fears this morning that as bad as this war has already been, it could get even worse. That's scary. Ian Pinnell right there. And and the other thing is, it, I was surprised that a poll came out that 86% of Americans are paying attention to this. And I think we need to pay a lot more attention to it. I think he is in a lot of trouble, and I think he's, you know, as he said there, I think he's painted himself in a corner. We talked to Mike Lyons straight ahead. He is our military analyst. He's been with us since before this thing started and is continuing with us, and uh, we're going to talk about this. How ugly is this going to get potentially, and is there a way out at all for Putin that doesn't involve him dead or gone? My client, straight ahead, Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov this morning with an entirely straight face saying that they're now going to view any possible Ukrainian strikes on these new territories, in other words, on Ukraine that's occupied by Russia, as an act of aggression against Russia, totally ignoring, of course, the daily aggression committed by Russia against Ukraine. That's right. Uh, four territories annexed. Joining us now, the guy that's been with us from the beginning. He's a military analyst, a retired uh, major in the Army, and quite frankly, the guy that's probably been the most upped on this, Mike Lyons. And Mike, uh, does this, I mean, again, I think a lot of people were like, I can't believe he's going to do this. They had the fake referendum last week. And the fact that they're saying, well, now this is part of Russia. So if you attack us, you're attacking the motherland. And we've already told you what we'll do. Right. This could be a pretext for some larger scale attack, but it's still not going well on the ground for Russia. The Ukraine military has got uh, Russians surrounded in Kherson and, and in other places. Um, Lysium uh, reports this morning show tens of thousands of soldiers are in trouble. And, and we talked last time about the concept of what would happen if 20,000 Russian soldiers just all of a sudden surrendered, uh, turned over their equipment to Ukraine. I mean, that's the kind of thing that would tip the balance well in the favor of Ukraine, at least on the ground right now. But Vladimir Putin still owns the strategic advantage of just being Russia, of having more industrial capability. But um, but more and more things I see coming from the United States in particular, a $12 billion package was just approved this week here. And some of that package includes HIMARS uh, missiles and, and that artillery for two years out. So the Defense uh, Department and the Pentagon is now betting that Ukraine is going to win this. And and if we're not going to give things to Ukraine that they think are going to get eventually get turned over to the Russians. So I think that's what's happening on the undercurrent within the United States and with the United States policy. And, and it's going to quickly then shift if he decides to escalate to that nuclear war. 
uh, effort there. And we've talked about this before as well. I think you're going to see that policy shift to regime change. Uh, Vladimir Putin will have to go. You know, Mike, I saw Petraeus. Uh, he said it over the last week or so. The best trained and the best equipped military in this war is now Ukraine. And some of that mm-hmm. has to do with the fact that obviously we've supplied them with all kinds of goodies and are continuing to do so. And the other part of it is they're actually fighting where the men of Russia, they're not well equipped. They're not well trained. And the ones that are coming are going to be dead sooner than these people have lasted because they don't want to be there. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing. And um, what what they've done is uh, they're not from the reserves. They're, they've got no military experience. And if you look at history again, I, you got to think about what, what's gone on in the past. It, it takes, you know, Russia right now needs divisions of men. And what that means is 20 to 25,000 men in fighting forces, uh, battle tactical groups is what they kind of pare down to, but we'll call them divisions. And and th- that's kind of the main core fighting group um, in, in, in from an army perspective. And they need 20 to 25,000 men and they need to be all trained and they need to be on the same page and they need to be synchronized their fires and all those things. Well, it, you look in history again, and it takes about a year to train a division worth of men. It's really hard. You got to recruit them. You got to weed the ones out that don't know what they're doing. And you got to train them consistently it's it's like a team it's like anything else you do in sport on some level having having done it before you have to go and practice you have to go and train in in non-combat environments you have to endure the hardship to know once you get into combat what it's going to be like and now russia doesn't have that time they're they're literally just throwing these uh replacements into the fodder as just you know you know as as punching bags in in the way of what's going to be uh, Ukraine tanks that are just going to roll over them pretty soon. So I think he recognizes that now. That's why he's got to do this land grab and try to claim some kind of victory uh, and, and and to see if he escalates. But Ukraine's not going to stop. I think they're going to try. They're not going to allow the Russians to to capture all those people on the other side of what's going to be a new Iron Curtain to remain to remain there as, as part of Russia. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst who is, uh, has got the know on all that is going on over there. You know, You've talked about it numerous occasions. You can go, there's military books, Sun Tzu, you name it. They've all talked about it. You never surround your enemy on, on, on all sides. Putin's surrounded right now on all sides. India's come out. China's come out. Mm-hmm. Erdogan has come out. That's just the mouthpieces talking about, dude, you got it. This is enough. But on the other side of it, militarily, he's getting surrounded and he can't go home with nothing. That's another way that he surrounded himself because nobody would would want any part of of what happened to go okay this mm-hmm. guy got a bunch of our people killed and we're going to allow him to stay in power he's he's backed his own self right. into a corner no he has and he probably never thought it was going to get to this spot he's likely worried about his own self-preservation at this point i know he said that uh if he does fire even a tactical nuke you're going to see every nato country take a run at him at some place from a special forces special ops perspective uh, try to get inside of Russia and do something. I don't know what that what that'll mean. You know, you know, it's not good from the world's perspective to have an unstable nuclear power like Russia. I mean, they have thousands of nuclear warheads of all different shapes and sizes. I mean, they can they they provide an existential threat to the United States, whether we want to, you know, come to grips with that on some level, but they do. And and so we can't have that level of, of instability. Um, there's no back channel. The back channel was once Turkey, but uh, that guy's figured out that he can make a better deal now with NATO. He's back. He's back on our side because of what's of what's gone on. 
Um, so where's the back channel? Is it the Chinese? Are they going to provide some level of peace and, and stability? Are they going to uh, get the thumb on their client state and make them back down? We just don't know. I, I just don't see Russia bending the knee to China either. They, they just... You know, it's not in their DNA. It's not. Again, look at history. It's not something they haven't done since the revolution back in in um, you know nineteen eighteen. They just are not. They're not that kind of people. Uh, they're not going to take a loss here very well, and and it'll be humiliating. And and um and it could it, again things could still escalate pretty quickly. Talking to my clients, military analysts, we talk about uh, what's going on in Ukraine, and Ukraine has taken it to him. There's no doubt about that. He's called up 300,000 men. 300,000 men have already fled the country, and more are leaving every single mm-hmm. day. They're doing whatever they can to leave. Uh, I saw the other day, it, it, basically, if you're trying to get into Georgia, they've got Russian military basically handing you orders as you try to escape into Georgia. Uh, it, it is, yeah. it is, it is a, it's a brain drain, too. That's what people don't forget. This isn't even about today. The future, you're losing your working age people who are escaping yeah. because they want nothing to do with this. And they understand this is not really what you sold everybody. Yeah, such a great point. Uh, it's And it's going to affect a generation and, and it's going to set Russia back even further after what uh, what could have been a launch after the Berlin Wall falls, after that whole uh, the, the Soviet Union falls apart, um, you know, because Russia, you know, is part of our great civilization in terms of artists and scientists and, and the like. It's not that 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 uh, they've not been a participant in that, but to exactly your point, what they're going to do is lose their future. And as as people trickle out of there, um, we know also there's reports there's he's got to put together units that are 20 and 30 miles behind the lines to keep um evacuators and people that are uh, deserting from from getting back and, and they're being shot on on site so there are so many different things that he, he has to worry about right now they're, they're going in the wrong direction on, on so many levels um but again because they have those nuclear weapons they still have have a seat at the table look what you know look what they do in the, they, they make the united nations a mockery now because of you know, nothing is going to get voted on because of their seat on the Security Council. So it's going to take a separate um, coalition uh, immediately. I hope we're working right now and hope's not a method, but I, I, I'd like to think we're having a conversation with every country in the world that says if you use a nuclear weapon, everyone's got to stand up against that. That just can't fly. He's got to go if that happens. Yeah, outside of Eritrea, I think the rest of the world would say, all right, that's too much. Even China, because obviously Xi's under a lot of pressure. The other pressure that's coming mm-hmm. that's not being talked about uh, is that these sanctions are finally, they're hitting it. I saw on Forbes the other day that they were saying, look, if you thought that 2008 was bad here in America and a lot of the globe, what's coming to Russia right now could be, like we've just talked about, as far as their men, this could be generational as far as they're imploding financially. Yeah, and and... We knew that was going to eventually happen, and uh, those sanctions were going to be lag indicators of eventually what what could take place. I, I think we, as a country, and um, you know, need to do a better job. I'm actually working with some folks up at West Point right now about coming up with better understanding of the levers of what we'll call economic statecraft. And I think that a lot of those things just got put on by the Treasury and people that just said, "Well, this will work. We'll just kind of throw this out there and see what happens." 
Um, but I think that this is going to uh, allow a better understanding of what these sanctions are. We saw like Nord Stream, for example, we, we don't know who's blowing up that pipeline. We don't know specifically what's going on, but um, but better modeling of what happens when certain things shut down outside of the military realm. What happens when uh, the Europeans get shut out of of, of uh, their energy markets and can and can somebody else you know take that place? Will the United States step up? Will other parts of the world step up? I think that's going to be an important you know kind of lesson learned after action report of this whole step. And 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 I, again, I'm glad it's finally happened. Russia needs to be isolated very quickly. Uh, especially again, if something happens, but in, until the situation changes, uh, because then there's also has to be, you know, let, let's say, you know, if he gains some kind of peace out of this and stays in power, well, you're still going to have people reluctant to go back and invest in Ukraine because he's just going to come back in five years and smash it all up again. So that's, that's really what, what's got to happen. You can't have any of this stability unless you have security and until the, the, the West is going to provide that it's all going to mean nothing. We've. This is something that rarely gets brought up because everybody always wants regime change. And you know, let's be real. Uh, I think all the world, even some who outwardly support him, think, okay, it's time. We need a regime change. The fear, though, is, you know, everybody's always hoping that the next guy is going to be the guy that's going to usher in something. Right. But very few, you know, uh, you know, very few Yeltsins out there, and and you know, people like that who can usher in something. And 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 it, it becomes something else because the next guy may be ten times worse. Do we know anything about who would be eyeing that? No, and and we don't because you know you you can't flip the paper now and not see another oligarch that's you know falls on a sword or slips on a banana peel and and so he's done a pretty good job of of getting rid of any of these competitors that I think would happen internal. You could have a situation where somebody comes from the outside that's not even living in, in Russia right now that tries to take over. And, and you know, Russia with it doesn't know really anything since revolution took place. You know, they had the czar. We, we know what happened there and the Bolsheviks and, and how that whole went down. But, um, you know, the, they they lack the stability, the constitution of of what needs to happen should um you know should th th they need a new leader and we saw what he did he came Vladimir Putin came in and changed everything and made him basically the emperor for life sim similar to what we've seen in the past so we don't know um and you're right it could be some it could be a whole lot worse um I hope we're working on that we we don't have a great track record though of that as well you know go look think Shavaran you go back 50 years you go back 60 years we don't have a good record of of siding with the right guy, the winner. We didn't pick the right guy in Afghanistan. We didn't pick the right guy in Iraq. We haven't picked the right guy in a long time. So let's let's kind of see how it breaks out. We'll see what we'll see what it goes. But there's really nobody on the horizon right now that people could say, yeah, with pay point to him and say, yeah, that's the guy. That's the one that's going to replace him. Always informative, the best in the business. Mike Lyons, military analyst. Appreciate you coming on. And as usual, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Chad. Have a great weekend. You too. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. And Mike's right, man. We do, we do not pick the right guy. And it's just, uh, and again, is there even a right? I mean, a lot of times it's, you, it's just poor choices anyways. But uh, it is, uh, this, this is the biggest story in the world, period. And what could have happened today could escalate this thing so fast that it becomes one of those stories that's a story for mankind, and beyond. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Twitter, Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Mankind's best friend is the dog. Had some friends over last night, and uh, they're like, which one's Doodle? Like, they already know who Doodle is. I said, oh, that one's Doodle right there. And they said, oh, my goodness, that's uh, 
that that's him. He's still alive. Huh? I said, yep, he's still alive. He's doing his thing. You know, I mean, that's uh, that's what doodles do. And he is alive because of rough grades. His energy is, is just it's awesome. That's the only thing we've ever changed with him. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega three six nine. We sprinkle it on top of his food, and the and and he, the, you know, this guy asked last night, "Really? Is 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 this because of the rough greens? Does he eat it? it was every day, every day? So that's the only thing we've changed. You try it right now. If you love your dog and you want to see your dog stay healthy, if they're healthy, or if they've got aches and pains, or getting a little bit older, and you you, you know they're they're lethargic, they're not what they once were. Try this for free. K nine Vita Smart from Rough Greens. And put it to the test. RUFFgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. The bag is free. Cover the cost of shipping. It's yours. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. Ah, kids and kittens, the NFL is here. I've got my picks this weekend. Uh, speaking of the NFL, the Bucks. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. They uh, had a, t- uh, uh, see, sloshing water, a little bit of rain, some wind. We'll call it Ian. Roll through there and destroy lots of Florida, including big parts of Tampa Bay, but the NFL has said, yeah, we're playing there. I know it means a lot for us to have the opportunity to go out and play for our fans always. But, you know, after what so many people have gone through in the state, you know, it's it's great to go out there and give them something to cheer about. So uh, that is, uh, I believe it's a Sunday night game. They're taking on the Chiefs. Okay, let's do it. Last night, got my pick right. Bengals won. Uh, they beat the Dolphins. Again, the horrific injury uh, to Tua. He flew home with the team, head and neck injuries. But, uh, you know, taking it day by day, aren't we all? Saints, Vikings. I went with the Vikings on this one. Lions, Seahawks go with the Lions. I don't know why, but, you know, just feeling it. I think they're playing better. Steelers, Jets, uh, awful. Doesn't matter how you look at it, but I think the Steelers will get it done. Giants, Bears go with the Giants. Colts, Titans. I went Colts. I know, shocker, right? I think the Chargers get back on track this weekend against the Texans. I have chosen... Are you guys ready? The Falcons over the Browns. Ooh. Cowboys beat up on the Commanders. Not a shocker. I'm going to go with the Eagles over the Jags. I picked the Ravens at homes to beat the Bills. The Panthers will take on the Cards, and the Cardinals will win. They're great away from home. They suck at home. Raiders beat the Broncos. Then they got the Packers-Patriots. I'm going with the Packers over the Patriots. Uh, Sunday night game, Bucks chiefs I'm going with the Bucks. To lose. I think the Chiefs are just a much better team right now. The Chiefs are going to beat up on them. Uh, and I think that game's not really going to be as good as some people think. And Monday night, Rams 49ers. I'm going with the Rams away from home. 25 and 22. Much better with the week before. I sucked so bad. It was crazy. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. And if you miss any of the uh, amazing program... Uh, don't do that. What are you thinking? You can go to this thing called iTunes or TuneIn or Spotify or any of these other things. Grab the podcast because uh, it's good. That's what I hear. I mean, that's what I heard. 
right? If I was to Yelp me, I would give me doesn't suck. That's pretty good on Yelp, right? Because we just basically, Yelp is just a place where you can go yell at other people that you didn't like their service. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show, Twitter, tweet, text, Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson still ugly and nasty throughout florida south carolina's next to feel ian's wrath and i was me ian coming for you i don't know what it's going to look like uh you know is it going to be still a category one is it going to pick up even more steam but it's going to definitely bring with it floods uh some wind how bad will the wind be uh you know but it's it's going to be a nightmare but they're they're underwater. They got no power for, I mean, you know, it could be weeks, months, they're saying in some places. Here's the thing. I think it'll be much shorter than that because I think we realize when we put our mind to something, we can get it done. There are 2.6 million approximately reported power outages through throughout the state of Florida, and that was anticipated. Yeah. 2.6 million. And I wouldn't be surprised that they get a ton of this stuff done in a much quicker fashion. But then you've got the other side of it. People are still missing. We continue to have uh, our fire uh, rescue partners, search and rescue, going in there and uh, conducting the uh, what we call the hasty search. And then they're coming back and do their primary search. And then they'll do a secondary search. So, again, I think it's very important for everybody to know that as a part of the search and rescue element, over a 72-hour period, there's actually three searches that are conducted. So quick, fast, a little bit more thorough, and then super thorough is what they're going to do. They're still looking for people. There are some deaths. Uh, how many deaths? Nobody knows. It's going to be several days. I mean, you know, some of this place is just destroyed. Uh, there's there's not a lot left. There are other parts of it where, uh, you know, people aren't going to be able to really get into there for several days. And so, uh, you know, even if you get in there, you, you know, it's, it's destroyed now. Some places you're not going to get into for a while. So they're doing everything they can, but it is going to be a, a, a bit of a nightmare. And then you move to today which is South Carolina's turn to get a little something-something. The governor here has declared a state of emergency, but did not order any evacuations. We did, however, see car after car heading out of Charleston on I-26 yesterday. The last time that a hurricane hit here and made landfall in South Carolina was with Hurricane Matthew in 2016. So is it going to be as bad? No, it's not. It's not going to have the, the, the winds. Is it going to bring rain? It is, and that's the big thing. It's more about a, the flooding now that is going to be the issue in South Carolina and parts of you know uh, Georgia and several other places. But it's going, to, it's going to hit South Carolina later on today, and it's going to be nasty. 
It is, and it's going to be nasty everywhere, not just on the coast. The last time that a hurricane hit here and made landfall in South Carolina was with Hurricane Matthew in 2016, and this one will coincide with high tide, which brings that potential to exacerbate storm surge. Now, officials here are warning people that this is not just a coastal event, that this will impact much of South Carolina over the next few days. Yeah. And we all know Blondie said that the tide is high. Got to watch out. Got a Blondie reference. Solid, Jeff. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll have more later. I promise you that. But for all this going on, of course, we can't discuss this without people going, well, is this all about climate change? This is about climate change, right? Everything here is about climate change. Climate change. I want you to listen to why so many people, why they, they, they scoff at climate change. And they shouldn't. There's no doubt we have a an impact, but nature's impact and fury is far greater than anything we can do, as you can tell. As you can tell that when nature does its thing, nature will do its thing. And nature can be violent as much as it can be kind. And then many times it will mess you up. But one of the things that I've always talked about is it's a business, first and foremost. And the business is fear and feelings fear and feelings that's the business racism fear and feelings it's racist everywhere everybody's a racist you we, we did that thing the other day with those women who go to that dinner it's 2500 bucks to go to a dinner to tell so other people of color can tell you what a pos you are Somebody's getting that money. They're not donating that money. Right? The climate change is, is a business. Al Gore's not broke. Right? Go look at Dan Quayle. Go look at Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney's had a, you know, take away. Right? Here's take away for a second. The uh, you know, the fact that he's, you know, everybody thought he was, you know, you know the evil worst human being on earth, right? He's worth what? Maybe 60 million. Maybe give or take. That's pretty good. Right. But he worked in the private sector for a while. Al Gore, 300 million. Why? Because the fear. Fear is a beautiful thing if you can get it to work for you. There's a racist on every corner. Give me some money and I'll protect you. You're a racist. Give me some money and I'll tell you how you don't have to be a racist anymore. It's beautiful. Climate change. Same thing. Give us some money and we'll, fi- we'll fix this for you. Give me some money and I'll tell you how not to be evil and bad when it comes to the climate. But when you listen to this, you have to think about something else. It's also about control. So think about it. I want you to listen to this. This is a, a lady who is an environmental activist talking about, you know, we're going to green energy. It is a phenomenal challenge for our species. We haven't faced anything like this before. Over the coming decades, we literally have to adapt everything. We have to transform 
food, energy, infrastructure, where we live, how we live, how our societies function over the coming decades. I don't think people realise exactly what a transformation that's going to be. It's going to be it's going to be huge. But what we're doing is building. We could build a much more equitable, a much fairer, a much more environmentally sustainable world. We could restore our planet in this time so that people can return to the tropics, so that the world that we are born on actually does become livable once again. It's livable now. But did you just say equitable? What does that have to do with climate change? It has to do with your money. Control. Equitable. We need everything to be equitable. How so? I'm just curious. What, like, what, what is this about? Well, again, they're selling fear. Somebody is getting paid. Somebody is making money. Somebody is cashing in. They're cashing them checks. It's about money. We're going to make everything more equitable. We're going to ch- we always adapt. We always have. When, are we, when have we not adapted? Show me something that's not adapted. I will. Kind of. Because we've got stories about cultures that didn't adapt and then they died. Or they faded away. It's about so much more than it's just a nice thing to do. Tug at the heartstrings. Ah. And that's the problem I have. Somebody's always getting paid. There's activists and activists are salespeople. Do you really think for a moment? And I'm not talking about 50 years ago. But that Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton don't profit off all of these things? Of course they do. Bigotry is never going to go anywhere. By the way, bigotry's not the boogeyman around the corner all the time. Everybody's a bigot, which is what you hear from so many people. Why? Because they're always selling something. Always. 100%. Somebody's getting paid. Immigration doesn't get fixed. Why is that? Somebody's getting paid. You sell fear and you sell feelings because it's just easier than selling ideas. Oh, yeah. I guarantee if there was no money in immigration, we would never hear about it because it would have been fixed. Let's just get this off my plate. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Tweet at us, text the program, a lot of stuff to get to. Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about inflation. we got some what's trending, got some interesting stuff about what's your third place? What is your third place? Everybody's got a first place, meaning, you know, your home, second place, usually your work. What's your third place? Do you have a third place anymore? And why it's important. And should you be fired for joking around and quoting an Arthur, which is a great movie, by the way, right? You know, Christopher Cross, which you get caught between the moon and New York City. Fantastic. Dudley Moore, John Gielgud, just Liza Minnelli. It's a fantastic movie. But should you be fired joking around? We're going to talk about that because I just find this so fascinating. What this guy said to find out it's an Arthur quote. I'm like, man, that sounds familiar. And now he lost his job. 
It's so stupid. This is where we live now? This is how we live? Good God. Good God, man. Lear Capital is going to help you with inflation. They're going to help you with your investments in a particular area. And that's the metals, right? We're talking about uh, the precious metals as well. The precious ones, darling, of course. We're talking about gold, silver, coins. Right now, they want to send you an investor kit. You go to Lear Chad, L-E-A-R-C-H-A-D, and they're going to send you an investor kit. And inside of it, it's going to be a 50-cent Kennedy half dollar. That's yours. They want to show you what they can do for you, how to hedge yourself in inflation, how to take a piece of what's going on in your nest egg or your investments and just move them over to a small piece to hedge yourself in situations, but also to use as an investment. 25 years they've been in business, trust pilot ratings through the roof, and they want to educate you. L-E-A-R-C-H-A-D, Lear Chad. Go there now, get a free kit, and get your free silver half dollar. LearChad.com, LearChad.com. Chad Benson Show. Give the... Uh... Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean something, right? Like it's trending on the old internet. What's trending? So I was trending on the webs of the Enter and both the Nets. Because you remember they got the new net, right? The, was it Net 2.0? What is that? It's the same thing as the other net. <laughs> okay. Does he have a different background? No. Okay. Well, that sounds fun. Number thing on uh, Google. Uh, International Podcast Day. Feel free to grab an international podcast or mine because, yeah, Hocus Pocus 2 trending. We're going to watch that tonight with the kids. Why would you watch that? They've got people in it that are that are what? Well, they're somebody said that to me yesterday. I was joking you know, here. I said, yeah, you know, because I have kids. We're watching Hocus Pocus. Right? I have a four year old. All right. We were going to watch the Dahmer thing with her, but I realized the other night after a minute into it, oh, she's awake still. I don't think this is good parenting. <laughs> so we're going to watch that. But somebody said, they shot me like a text or something. I said, I can't believe you're going to watch that because of Bette Midler. I'm like, what? You know. No, I don't know. She doesn't like, what, Republicans or whatever? I don't really care about that. Is the show entertaining? I don't care what her politics are at this point. Oh, well, you're just a jerk, Chad. Yeah, indeed, baby, I am. Tomorrow's October's trending. Trevor Noah is trending. God, tomorrow is October. Uh, Trevor Noah is leaving the Daily Show after a seven-year run of uh, whatever it was. You know, I'm happy to say I never watched that once with him on it. I just don't find him funny. I don't. Never have. Never, ever have. Uh, But he's out bouncing, doing stuff. He says he's not leaving. Well, good. Fantastic. And I'm sure he is funny. I just uh, just don't watch it. Hocus Pocus 2, number one search thing right now. Lots of people are excited. I'm excited. It'd be fun. It's a kid's thing, right? Tua Tungavaloa was the number one search thing yesterday. Why? Because if you didn't uh, see the football game last night, he got, how should I say this, kids? I think the word is lit up. With the grain and down he goes. Slung down in his own 48-yard line. Josh Tupu. And, uh-oh. Well, we saw last week, and he went down. He got up. It was wobbly. The training staff comes out. Yeah, 
And the scary part when you watch last night is when he gets thrown down and he hits his head, when you've got a couple, you know, one of the Bengals, the guy that threw him down is celebrating, but the other two that are standing there are telling, telling their medical, you guys got to get out here. And he had the rigor mortis. His fingers looked like they're all twisted up, you know, and his arms were stiff and it was, uh, but he is said to be doing okay, which is, uh, that, that is, that is good. In the second quarter of the Miami Dolphins' primetime game against the Cincinnati Bengals, Miami's third-year quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, was thrown violently to the ground. Yeah, violently is an understatement. Back on the turf, the Dolphins announcing Tagovailoa was taken to the hospital with head and neck injuries, but was discharged overnight and flew home to Miami with the team. Which I find to be weird that you've got a concussion and you allow him to fly. That's one of the weird things. Also, he... Probably shouldn't have been in there. If you didn't watch the game on Sunday, if you watch, you know, watch any kind of sports, but you watch that, he was got thrown to, got pushed to the ground. His head at the back of the turf, and when he got up, he got wobbly. Like you know, when you watch a boxer gets hit, and there's that kind of delay in their knees, and then he kind of went down. It was he had to be helped off the field, and he he came back out in the second half and played, and he played last night, and they said it was his back. I'm calling BS on that. Sorry. Calling BS on that one right there. But that last night was scary, man. When those people get stiff like that. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, What is your third place? Very interesting. You know, loneliness is a, is, you know, more and more studies are showing exactly what happens with loneliness. But third places. Those places that we used to go when we were younger, where you would, you know, hang out with people and and stuff because you got your home, you got your work. What's your third place? And by the way, work too. some scary info on men and work, not the band men at work, but men themselves of working age and actual work. Three, two, three, five, three, eight, twenty four, twenty three at Chad Benson show. It's your Twitter and it's International Podcast Day and. Hola! Now go get my podcast. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Hello, happy Friday. Got a lot of angst. You feel uncomfortable, inflation, not quite sure what's going on. But men, I'm looking at you. What the hell is wrong with you? In particular, younger men. And ladies, you're starting to catch up, which is scary. Uh-oh, what's going on? All right, let's talk about this for a second. Take a deep breath. I'm going to tie all this in together. It's going to be a neat bow. Men aren't working, and it's scurry. What's going on? In fact, 
there's a collapse of employment for men, 25 to 54. That's prime working age, as they like to say. And women, I said, you guys, it's declining for you as well. But the drop-off is huge. Get ready for this. Although the unemployment rate for prime-age men in August was a mere 3%, only 86% reported any paid labor. The remaining 11% were labor force dropouts. So those are people who, they're not getting unemployment. They're not looking for work. None of those things. So it says neither working nor looking for work. There are men out there who are not looking for work, and they're in the prime world. I don't know how many millionaires we have. Maybe there's just a lot more than we know, and they're just hanging out doing nothing. Maybe that's it. I, I have no idea. But that's scary. These not-in-labor-force men who now outnumber the formerly unemployed by 4 to 1. How bad is it? It's the main reason the country's prime male work rate has been driven below its 1940 level when national unemployment rates for men at that time was 15%. They're looking at a quarter of, of men ages 25 to 54 who are unemployed. It's higher than going back pre-1940. Think about that for a second. That is scary. What's going on? I I mean, there's so many things. First of all, you've got to look at the fact that especially over the last 20, 25, 30 years, things have changed, especially in education. Uh, you know, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a book out, but there's a great article from the, it's from the Nice Cannon Center talking about, uh, and it's, it's, look, it's like why men and boys are falling behind. And it's very interesting. And a lot of it's about, you know, gender equality and blah, 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 blah. But one of the, you know, some of the stuff they talk about is it's interesting, you know, men are being left, you know, uh, 2017 book dream hoarders how america's upper middle class is leaving everyone else in the dust and what to do about it but then it talks about the fact that it's men that are also part of that getting left behind single males in particular are the ones getting left behind in the dust they have no drive they have no want They've got nothing really outside of maybe video games or loneliness. And that's the scary thing because loneliness, according to yet another study, is showing what everybody already knows about loneliness. It sucks. An international team says unhappiness damages the body's biological clock, increasing the risk for Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, and other illnesses. The team reports that... They detected aging acceleration among people with a history of stroke, liver, and lung disease, smoking, and in people with vulnerable mental states. Interestingly, feeling hopeless, unhappy, and lonely displayed a connection to increasing a patient's biological age more than the harmful impact of smoking. That's scary. So think about that for a second. So you've got men now that have nowhere to go, right? They just don't. They've got nowhere to go. 
We did that thing uh, last week with Vivek, uh, who wrote that book he was on with Bill Maher, talking about young men in particular. They've got nothing, right? They don't go to work. They don't do any of the things they used to do. Uh, they're, they're ever more isolated. They don't go out and have beers. There is this no structure about certain things. And here's the other thing. There's no responsibilities. Which is huge. Responsibilities are part of life and growing up. And when you break down the men who aren't working, many of them smoke weed, they're not married, they have no children, they've got nothing, and they're miserable. They're miserable. When you hear, though, that loneliness is as, if not more dangerous than smoking, you might want to think, I'm taking up smoking and going to a bar. I can't believe you said that. Quote, We demonstrate psychological factors such as feeling unhappy or being lonely add up to one year and eight months to one's biological age. The aggregate effect exceeds the effects of biological sex, living area, and marital and smoking status. We conclude the psychological component of loneliness or unhappiness should not be ignored in aging studies due to its significant impact. Yeah. And the other part of it is, where would men go? The internet has made us closer and yet further apart. Yesterday on the air, I was talking to my my my, my buddy Gatos. Now, Gatos is uh, very responsible, and he's got an amazing wife, and he's got a great family. He's got two stepkids that are great. But he would say, you know, when he was young, he's like, I, I don't think it's, you know, like going home and playing video games for your friend, which is what he did. You know, he's like a big kid. It's what he used to do all the time. I said, yeah, but you're playing a game online, and you might be playing with your friends or people you know. But it's not the same as sitting down talking about stuff. You know, when I play golf with my, my, my buddies or when I go have dinner with them, we talk about life. We're not talking about a video game, right? We talk about things that was going on in our life. We, 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 we have, there's camaraderie, even if it's just it's something that's serious or something that's fun. And that's the other part of this. There, there's no third places anymore. So you've got the first place, right? Usually it's your home. And you've got your second place, which was work, probably, unless you're some men. But where's that other place that you go? Because we're a species that inherently needs each other. That's part of how we're built. Let's talk about the importance of third places. A third place is somewhere people hang out that isn't home and isn't work. Like cafes, clubs, bars, libraries, churches, parks, plazas, barbershops. You get the idea. This concept was coined by Ray Odenberg, who described them as the anchors of communities, where relationships are formed through spontaneous conversations and activities. And throughout the U.S., we've lost. This has been a steady decline for decades, with dropping club memberships, church attendance, and other forms of social participation. Yeah. You know, church was one of those big things. Now, I go to church on Sundays, and some weekends I serve, and uh, uh, yeah, four, five, six, uh, I'm their teacher. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty good teacher. And, uh, you know, I go out and golf with my, my pastor. I've got other friends, you know, not just people in radio, uh, you know, and it's, it's I've got my family, and, and I've got, you know, and I golf and I hang out with other It's I have other things. And part of that is I still feel like Gen Z, you know, you you're 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 looking at the millennials and going, eh. but for us gen xers we've always had the best of both worlds we created the internet and at the same time we also lived a a good portion of our early life without all of the trappings so we can live in both worlds 
But this younger generation is struggling and there's nowhere for them to go. And men in particular, I'm looking at you. And part of this is getting responsibility. It is. Marriage, kids. Yes, responsibility. Well, it's being responsible not to have because of, uh, of climate change. It's enough, enough. It's time to grow up. Let's talk about the importance of third places. A third place is somewhere people hang out that isn't home and isn't work. Like cafes, clubs, bars, libraries. So cafes, no. Who the hell hangs out at a cafe? Libraries, nah, nah, nah. nobody's going to a library. Uh, bars, nah. churches were always big. But how about, you know, just seeing a buddy to hang out, kick a soccer ball around, going for a walk, How about malls? Remember those? Well, malls are dead now. And bars, look, you know know what? We don't hang out. Part of it, too, is we don't hang out with people from work because everybody seems to be miserable at work. But secondly is because I think everybody's terrified nowadays to go out with somebody from work or meet somebody from work and hang out with somebody from work that may get them caught up in something. So we're we're not doing the same things as we used to. We got to find that other thing. What is it? Now, the causes behind this trend are complex and have to do with technology, polarization, institutional distrust, and the splintering of Christianity as our culture's default religion. That said, it's also largely perpetuated by car-dependent suburban sprawl. You see, all cities, big and small, used to have densely populated downtowns where people experienced chance encounters and supported local businesses with foot traffic. Private companies tried to fill the void with malls as the new town square, but then they started dying too when online shopping took over yeah and by the way nobody go how many places like if you're in seattle portland los angeles san francisco you don't want to go to downtown it's gross it's nasty it's homeless people it's crap everywhere no there isn't that kind of thing and it's that it's that area we used to go and we think we'll replace it the mall when i was a kid man we used to all go to the mall it's a place to hang out it wasn't i'm going there specifically shop i'm gonna go hang out we're gonna go see my buddies Right. We're going to, you know, uh, you know, I was I would say this, but it's you know, horrible nowadays. But we're going to chase girls. You know, that was always fun. And we'll go see a movie. We'll get a bite to eat. And then we'll we'll all go. You know, mom and dad will pick us up. Or as you get older, you know, you, it's it's weird. It is so weird. But it all adds up. You got we have an issue and we're trying to replace it with this. This is why people try to replicate community online through multiplayer video games and forums and social media. Good third places are hard to come by today. Ones that encourage regulars to just hang out for hours, talking to strangers or reading books with little to no pressure to buy things. Or ones that don't encourage rushing out the door with mobile order. Yeah. You ever go into a McDonald's and you'll see like 7, 8, 10, 15 older people all sitting there drinking their coffee, talking? That's their third place, right? That's their third place. Online's not going to do it. And everybody's, you know, coffee shops. When's the last time you go to a coffee shop, you might find one or two people that are there having a conversation. The other 20 people are either waiting to get their order and leave, or they're sitting there working on something, listening to something, and paying no attention to anybody else. We are disconnected, and it's a weird place, and men, we are falling way behind. No responsibilities, no want for responsibilities, and no work is scary. That is not a future that's successful for a country. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Ah, Rough Greens. 
R-U-F-F at greens.com slash Chad. Free bag of Rough Greens, canine Vitus Mark, comes directly to you. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-3, 6, 9, all this incredible stuff delivered right to your door. You cover the cost of shipping. That's all they ask. Dr. Dennis Black has put together the best thing I've ever done for my dog. It is awesome. It's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-3, 6, 9, and it's just a supplement. You sprinkle it on top of the food. They love the taste, and I love what it does for them. It's made my dogs healthier, happier, less joint pain, more energy, no allergies. Try it for yourself for free. Cover the cost of shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. Good sir, your car's awesome. What do you do for a living? So that is Daniel Mack. He's a TikTok uh, star. If you probably, if you've ever seen it, he goes around and he asks everybody's got nice cars, like stupid, expensive, ridiculous cars. Hey, what do you do for a living? Right? You know, I love your car. What do you do for a living? And so he rolls up at Pebble Beach at this like car show and asks a gentleman, fifty-five-year-old with a lovely lady next to him. Hey, what do you do for a living? His name is Tony Blevins. He's a VP in Silicon Valley. And yes, he's an Apple VP. And what he says as a joke, well, the joke was on him. (laughs) I race cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women. I race cars, fondle, I race cars, right, listen. race cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women. You fondle big bested with him. That's the one right there. You can't say that. Races cars, plays golf, fondles big breasted women, but he does take weekends and major holidays off, and he's got a hell of a dental plan. Not anymore. He's been fired. Apparently, they were mortified. And I said to myself, self, that sounds familiar, that. Because you see, in 1981, there was a movie, a phenomenal movie, Arthur. I saw it in the theaters like, Godzillion times when I was a kid. Where he describes his careers. When asked, what do you do for a living? He goes, I race cars, play tennis, and fondle women. But I have weekends off and my own boss. Obviously, it's a joke. But he's done. He's fired. And this goes back to... Is there any forgiveness... Did you really fondle big-breasted women? Is there a bunch of people that are coming out of the woodworks? He did that to me. Because we can't have any of that. He, he made a joke that was from a 1981 movie. Tasteless in today's world. Mm, makes about 400 grand a year, plus all the stock. So he was doing well. Uh, by the way, did they like him at Apple? Uh, yeah. People 
told Bloomberg uh, he's been pivotal in helping land groundbreaking tech deals, beating out competition. Wall Street Journal featured an article about him and his prominence. Blevins told the outlet that he goes by the Blevinator because he negotiates with suppliers to keep costs down for the tech giant, and he has saved them so much money. But a joke has got him fired. It's completely ridiculous. But it was important. Okay, poor taste. Poor taste shouldn't eliminate people anymore. At some point, where is the, hey, dude, make an apology, uh, you know, and let's let's just, you know, be careful. That's it. Make it. I, I just I don't get it. I mean, it's, you know, oh, you're misogynist. Whatever you're going to call it, you're going to say it. You're going to say it. Right. Toxic masculinity. It's it's enough is enough. Don't you think or are we just or was no, that was that's the that's a line too far. We're already at a point where 70 percent of Americans self-censor themselves, meaning they look at themselves and they say, I'm going to take it upon me to not say something. Out of fear of being fired, retaliated. Well, that's good. That is not good. That's fascism and totalitarianism. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. It is a Friday. Loving it. Mike Klein's going to join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, just, uh, well, and parts of new Russia. Call that a little new Russia. But uh, our own disaster is going on here. Obviously, it is still ugly. And uh, as they start to dig out, uh, understand that while Florida is through that portion where it seems to be over, now eh, a couple other states. Wherever it does make landfall, remember the push of water happens on the right side because these rotate counterclockwise, and then you can get a push of water away. Surge is first concern, four to seven feet, but also five to ten inches of rain. Yeah, so South Carolina looks like it is next. And so yesterday, it went as it as it crossed through all of you know Florida through Tampa Bay and, and and it heads on out to the ocean. It then picks up all the warm water and now it starts to head back into South Carolina. Well, as it picks up that water, it goes from being a tropical storm to a hurricane again. The question is is how big is this going to be? The flooding is going to be the issue uh, in the coming uh, days. And it is, I, I'm, it is still going to be absolutely ugly. And then now we're looking at, I mean, if you saw some of those pictures, it's insane. But it shows you when we talk about nature will mess you up. It's that simple. Nature will 
absolutely mess you up. It, it just shows you the devastation of what nature can do. So I always thought, you know, people think everybody makes everything about climate change, right? They make it about, so this is about climate change, right? And you hear it over and over and over and over and over and over. Ugh. It is a phenomenal challenge for our species. We haven't faced anything like this before. Over the coming decades, we literally have to adapt everything. We have to transform food, energy, infrastructure, where we live, how we live, how our societies function over the coming decades. And I don't think people realise exactly what a transformation that's going to be. It's going to be it's going to be huge. But what we're doing is building. We could build a much more equitable, a much fairer, a much more environmentally sustainable world. We could restore our planet in this time so that people can return to the tropics, so that the world that we are born on actually does become livable once again. And why I played that is because the disingenuous, you know, you heard Don Lemon the other day try to make it about climate change and the, a guy that's actually a climatologist and he's like, I'm not having it. You know, we're talking about what's going on now. Uh, and, and, then, and then on the other side of it, you had everybody else going out there. You know, it's the, 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 everything's about climate change. And when you push that, right? As because they, they're you know you, you never let a, a tragedy go to waste in the world of politics. It's great to come out and say, "Oh, look at all the stuff that's going on, and look at how powerful this is. We never seen anything like this. The fifth most powerful in the history of 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 histories here in America." And the frustration that many people don't see, and as, and as I try to point out over and over again, it's a business. Climate change is a business. For some, it's a business of making money. For some, it's a business of control. And for others, they genuinely believe, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're bad for the planet. But when I hear that right there, if you listen to what she talks about, it's about a much more equitable world. So climate change isn't about the planet. It's about building a more equitable world. And if you could use something like what has happened in Florida and throughout the Southeast, and it, why not use it? And that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. It is so disingenuous. It is so ridiculous. But it's a business. And I continue to remind people day in and day out when they get mad at me because I don't fall for the BS of so many things out there. And uh, because they're 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 more interested in the feelings and not the facts. They're more interested in in pushing something because they think it makes them feel better. Not realizing the people that are pushing it on you, they're not doing it out of the kindness of their heart or because they want to make the world a better place. Oh, sure, if some of that stuff happened along the way, fantastic. But as long as they're getting paid. People taking this thing and making it strictly about climate change. And and th these are lives that have been destroyed. I told you this. My friend says, you know, who's going down there? I think I, I talked to him later today. I'm probably leaving, I'm assuming, here uh, next later today or the next day or two. And he's going to be down there for probably six weeks. He'll probably come home for Thanksgiving. That's how long he may be gone as an insurance adjuster. And he'll tell you over and over again, my best days are people's worst. Especially in something like this.
It's crazy. Then you got the other side of it. Take take the financial side because when we always talk about climate change, they'll you know especially something like this. What are they going to talk about? It's the death toll. President Biden warning the death toll is likely to rise significantly. The numbers of still are still unclear, but we're hearing early reports of what may be substantial loss of life. And overnight, millions still without power. Officials saying it could be weeks before power is restored in some areas, with parts of the power grid needing to be completely rebuilt. Justin Finch, ABC News, Tampa, Florida. Yeah, we don't know how many people have died. But everybody's lives in those areas, a vast majority of their lives are turned upside down. And here's the scary thing. There are a lot of people out there, which is shocking to me, that have no insurance. They have no flood insurance. As for insurance costs, Florida homeowners already pay the highest average premiums in the country, and experts expect that number to only go up because of Hurricane Ian. And with so many claims, some insurance companies may not be able to pay all of them out. Yeah. So you've got insurance, you pay the highest insurance, and you may not get it, and then there's plenty of people out there who don't have flood insurance. That, to me, is mind-boggling. I, I mean, it is. But if we can make it about equity, if we can make it about, you know, and take this and make it about equity, that'll be fantastic. And we can make this about the, the climate change and ah, so freaking disingenuous. I, it drives me crazy. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter Tweet at us, text the program. Uh, we're going to talk to Mike Lyons about the mayor. I told you that. But uh, again, it is ugly over there. It is getting uglier today. There was a attack on civilians who were trying to help their relatives, families, uh, and friends and everybody get out of the quote-unquote Russian-occupied, now Russian-claimed land. And they attacked civilians in cars, killing right now it's about two dozen but that will rise in the coming i'm sure days but we're going to talk about what's next and uh i'm curious i'm really curious to see you know what he thinks may be next and and is there anything that putin right now at this moment can do to save face because the jig is up petraeus said the other day it's over. Ukraine has won this thing. It's done and dusted. Right? They, 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 there's nothing that he is going to be able to do that is going to change anything. Oh, sure, he could level it. He could blow the whole thing up. But your country's no longer around after that. So what good does that do you? Nothing. And you've got nothing. I mean, the men, the drain brain, you know, the uh, in Forbes the other day, they were talking about what this is going to do with the men leaving that country of working age. The ones who are now going to die. And the sanctions hitting the Russians now at a point where they're feeling it. This is set up to be an economic disaster like nothing we have seen in modern times where a country that is pretty modern is going to be brought to its knees. And maybe even if they got out of it, there may be no way to stop it.
And all for what? I think people are asking that question. 300,000 have fled so far. I saw yesterday that uh, the pooter came out and he's like, yeah, we're trying to correct some of those mistakes we made by, you know, calling up people and some of the, there was the, some people got some stuff. They probably, they shouldn't be being called up. But if there was no pushback, everybody be going, but you saw people fleeing for the hills. So now you're freaking out. Because what are you going to have? You're going to have, like I said, you're going to have all the extras from John Wick, right? Russians in tracksuits, roaming around with guns, and taking on an army right now that may be the best army in Europe from a standpoint of equipment and fighting readiness, which is Ukraine. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. It just drives me crazy, the whole thing with climate change. Because we can't have a conversation if somebody is trying to sell you fear and you buy it. And in that, they're talking about it's all about equity and it's all about kindness and it's all about all of these other things. They're selling you a bill of goods and they're using an emotion to do it. Rather than having a conversation about, man, we got to take better care of our planet. I say it over and over. You know what? We have almost 8 billion people here. There's no way we can't have some sort of impact on our planet. That being said, not everything is negative. And the stuff that's going on now, when you hear all these people that are out there screaming and yelling, they're, they, they, they are being sold a bill of goods by people who are saying we're doing this for you and for the planet and for the future. And all the while, they're eating healthy, they're flying in private jets, and oh, by the way, they're getting paid. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, tweet, text, love hearing from every single one of you. My pillow. Right now, my pillow has something for you that you're going to like. It's called, are you ready for these? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Per kale bed sheets. Cool, crisp. Mm, amazing 250 thread count right now. Normally, this, uh, the, the sale's huge, 90 bucks. Not for you, $40 right now. Biggest sale of the year, 40 bucks right now. 60 day money back guarantee, king queen size. You can get pillowcases, the whole nine yards. Go to mypillow.com, take advantage of the biggest sale of the year. Mypillow.com slash Benson, mypillow.com slash Benson. It is the biggest sale of the year. Get it right now. All. By the way, deep discounts on every MyPillow product, but $40 for the per kale bed sheets right now, normally $90. MyPillow.com slash Benson. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Uh, the View. I, I, I don't say that to scare you, but I don't think they get why people at the White House press corps were a little disturbed by the Biden thing the other day. We'll talk about that straight ahead. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. The president appeared to look around the room uh, at a conference on in a car accident. I want to thank all of you here. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. 
Yeah, that was a couple days ago. Uh, Jackie, who was a congressperson who worked uh, at a Republican in Indiana who worked across aisles to do this nutrition bill that they got through. And and that was Biden the other day talking, you know, uh, about all the people. And, and, you know, he asked, is Jackie here? Jackie's dead. She was killed early August. So last month. And the viewpoints, I can't believe they did this, right? Like, I, 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 I can't believe they would, they would go and do something like this, you know? How, like, how could they? And I don't think a lot of people understand why. This is not about yelling and screaming about, oh, what an idiot is, because I've said this yesterday and I'll continue to say this. He's my president. I may not have voted for him, but he's my president. And watching him struggle, and he did it again yesterday, it was something where he... He, he looks so confused and he just, it's sad. We don't need that. The press corps asked questions over and over again to a woman who, I'm going to say it, she's not equipped at this gig. KJP, she isn't. Over and over again, Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, not just Fox. Everybody asking questions because they understand there's some ramifications that may come with the fact that he's not there. The president appeared to look around the room uh for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month, he seemed to indicate she might be in the room. Of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the president. He said, Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? She must not be here. No, I totally understand. I just I just explained she was on top of mind. The confusing part is why, if she and the family is top of mind, does the president think that she's living and in the room? I don't find that confusing. I mean, I think many people can speak to sometimes when you have someone top of mind. They're a top of mind. That is just the most ridiculous thing. I think somebody, <laughs> I don't know who it was, said, well, you know, like John Lennon's on top of my mind every day, but, you know, I'm not calling out for him. But everybody pushed back. So the view went and said this. You know, my gosh, come on. You can't go after him for, you know, not giving aid to Florida or not tackling the infrastructure. And he's giving aid to Ukraine. So you can't go after him for that. But you can go after him for forgetting that someone has passed. I mean, and she passed last month, not like 100 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And why? Because it's a national security risk. That's why. Because we have a madman who is taking parts of Europe, his neighbor, Ukraine, who is threatening to drop nuclear weapons. It's looking over at a man who's asking for a dead person in the room if they are here. And it's not a seance. That's why it's important. That's why the questions need to be asked. Not to embarrass him, but to actually ask questions is, is he up for the gig? Or are there people back there who are propping him up because your want to get the last guy out was so great that you may be willing to sacrifice a lot more because it makes you feel better that the mean he's not on Twitter anymore? That's why it's a real question to ask. That's why it's something that should be talked about. Not to embarrass him, which, by the way, is awful. But I have to be real. I think a lot of other people do, too. If he's not there every single day, that's a national security risk. Or am I wrong? 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Mike Lyons joins us to talk about what's going on with Ukraine. What's next for the Russians now that the mass exodus has started with their young men and people who don't want to be there. And how much longer till Putin maybe does something stupid. Chad Benson Show. 
Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Premier spokesman Dmitry Peskov this morning with an entirely straight face saying that they're now going to view any possible Ukrainian strikes on these new territories, in other words, on Ukraine that's occupied by Russia, as an act of aggression against Russia, totally ignoring, of course, the daily aggression committed by Russia against Ukraine. That's right. Uh, four territories annexed. Joining us now, the guy that's been with us from the beginning. He's a military analyst, a retired uh, major in the Army, and quite frankly, the guy that has probably been the most upped on this, Mike Lyons. And Mike, uh, does this, I mean, again, I think a lot of people were like, I can't believe he's going to do this. They had the fake referendum last week. And the fact that they're saying, well, now this is part of Russia. So if you attack us, you're attacking the motherland. And we've already told you what we'll do. Right. This could be a pretext for some larger scale attack, but it's still not going well on the ground for Russia. The Ukraine military has got uh, Russians surrounded in Kherson and, and in other places. Um, Lysium uh, reports this morning show tens of thousands of soldiers are in trouble. And, and we talked last time about the concept of what would happen if 20,000 Russian soldiers just all of a sudden surrendered, uh, turned over their equipment to Ukraine. I mean, that's the kind of thing that would tip the balance well in the favor of Ukraine, at least on the ground right now. But Vladimir Putin still owns the strategic advantage of just being Russia, of having more industrial capability. But um, but more and more things I see coming from the United States in particular, a $12 billion package was just approved this week here. And some of that package includes HIMARS uh, missiles and, and that artillery for two years out. So the defense uh, department and the Pentagon is now betting that Ukraine is going to win this. And and if we're not going to give things to Ukraine that they think are going to get eventually get turned over to the Russians. So I think that's what's happening on the undercurrent within the United States and with the United States policy. And, and it's going to quickly then shift if he decides to escalate to that nuclear war uh, effort there. And we've talked about this before as well. I think you're going to see that policy shift to regime change. Uh, Vladimir Putin will have to go. You know, Mike, I saw Petraeus, uh, he said it over the last week or so, the best trained and the best equipped military in this war is now Ukraine. And some of that mm -hmm. has to do with the fact that obviously we've supplied them with all kinds of goodies and are continuing to do so. And the other part of it is they're actually fighting where the men of Russia, they're not well equipped, they're not well trained, and the ones that are coming are going to be dead sooner than these people have lasted because they don't want to be there. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing. And um, what what they've done is uh, they're not from the reserves. They're, they've got no military experience. And if you look at history again, I, you got to think about what, what's gone on in the past. It, it takes, you know, Russia right now needs divisions of men. And what that means is 20 to 25,000 men in fighting forces, uh, battle tactical groups is what they kind of pare down to, but we'll call them divisions. And, and th that's kind of the main core fighting group um, in, in, in from an army perspective. And they need 20 to 25,000 men and they need to be all trained and they need to be on the same page and they need to be synchronized their fires and all those things. Well, it, you look in history again and it takes about a year to train a division worth of men. It's really hard. You got to recruit them. You got to weed the ones out that don't know what they're doing and you got to 
train them consistently. It's it's like a team. It's like anything else you do in sport on some level, having, having done it before. You have to go and practice. You have to go and train in, in non-combat environments. You have to endure the hardship to know once you get into combat what it's going to be like. And now Russia doesn't have that time. They're, they're literally just throwing these uh, replacements into the fodder as just – you know, you know, as, as punching bags in, in the way of what's going to be uh, Ukraine tanks that are just going to roll over them pretty soon. So I think he recognizes that now. That's why he's got to do this land grab and try to claim some kind of victory uh, and, and to see if he escalates. But Ukraine's not going to stop. I think they're going to try. They're not going to allow the Russians to, to capture all those people on the other side of what's going to be a new Iron Curtain to remain to remain there as, as part of Russia. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst who is uh, has got the know on all that is going on over there. You know, you've talked about it numerous occasions. You can go there's military books, Sun Tzu, you name it. They've all talked about it. you never surround your enemy on 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 all sides. Putin's surrounded right now on all sides. India's come out, China's come out, mm-hmm. Erdogan has come out. That's just the mouthpieces talking about, dude. You got it. You this is enough. But on the other side of it militarily he's getting surrounded and he can't go home with nothing that's another way that he surrounded himself because nobody would would want any part of of what happened to go okay this mm-hmm. guy got a bunch of our people killed and we're going to allow him to stay in power he's he's backed his own self right. into a corner no he has and he probably never thought it was going to get to this spot he's likely worried about his own self preservation at this point I know he said that uh, if he does fire even a tactical nuke, you're going to see every NATO country take a run at him at some place from a special forces, special ops perspective, uh, try to get inside of Russia and do something. I don't know what that what that'll mean. You know, it's not good from the world's perspective to have an unstable nuclear power like Russia. I mean, they have thousands of nuclear warheads of all different shapes and sizes. I mean, they can they they provide an existential threat to the United States, whether we want to, you know, come to grips with that on some level, but they do. And and so we can't have that level of of instability. Um, There's no back channel. The back channel was once Turkey. But uh, that guy's figured out that he can make a better deal now with NATO. He's back. He's back on our side because of what's of what's gone on. Um, so where's the back channel? Is it the Chinese? Are they going to provide some level of peace and and stability? Are they going to uh, get the thumb on their client state and make them back down? We just don't know. I I just don't see Russia bending the knee to China either. They they just. You know, it's not in their DNA. It's not. Again, look at history. It's not something they haven't done since the revolution back in in um, you know nineteen eighteen. They just are not. They're not that kind of people. Uh, they're not going to take a loss here very well, and and it'll be humiliating. And and um and it could it, again things could still escalate pretty quickly. Talking to my clients, military analysts, we talk about uh, what's going on in Ukraine, and Ukraine has taken it to him. There's no doubt about that. He's called up 300,000 men. 300,000 men have already fled the country, and more are leaving every single day. Mm -hmm. They're doing whatever they can to leave. Uh, I saw the other day, basically, if you're trying to get into Georgia, they've got Russian military basically handing you orders as you try to escape into Georgia. Uh, it, It is yeah. It is. It is. A, it's a brain drain, too. That's what people don't forget. This isn't even about today. The future, you're losing your working age people who are escaping yeah. because they want nothing to do with this. And they understand this is not really what you sold everybody. 
Yeah, such a great point. Uh, it's and it's going to affect a generation, and and it's going to set Russia back even further after what uh, what could have been a launch after the Berlin Wall falls, after that whole uh, the, the Soviet Union falls apart. Um, you know, because Russia, you know, is part of our great civilization in terms of artists and scientists and, and the like. It's not that 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 uh, they've not been a participant in that, but. To exactly your point, what they're going to do is lose their future. And as as people trickle out of there, um, we know also there's reports there's he's got to put together units that are 20 and 30 miles behind the lines to keep um, evacuators and people that are uh, deserting from from getting back. And, and they're being shot on on site. So there are so many different things that he, he has to worry about right now. They're, they're going in the wrong direction on, on so many levels. Um, but again, because they have those nuclear weapons, they still have have a seat at the table. Look what you know. Look what they do. In the, they, they make the United Nations a mockery now because of you know nothing is going to get voted on because of their seat on the Security Council. So it's going to take a separate um, coalition uh, immediately. I hope we're working right now, and hope's not a method. But I, I I like to think we're having a conversation with every country in the world that says. If you use a nuclear weapon, everyone's got to stand up against that. That just can't fly. He's got to go if that happens. Yeah. Outside of Eritrea, I think the rest of the world would say, all right, that's too much. Even China, because obviously Xi's under a lot of pressure. The other pressure that's coming Mm -hmm. that's not being talked about uh, is that these sanctions are finally they're hitting it. I saw on Forbes the other day that they were saying, look, if you thought that 2008 was bad here in America and a lot of the globe, what's coming to Russia right now? could be like we've just talked about as far as their men this could be generational as far as they're imploding financially yeah and and we knew that was going to eventually happen and uh, those sanctions were going to be lag indicators of eventually what what could take place i i think we as a country and um, you know, need to do a better job. I'm actually working with some folks up at West Point right now about coming up with better understanding of the levers of what we'll call economic statecraft. And I think that a lot of those things just got put on by the Treasury and people that just said, well, this will work. We'll just kind of throw this out there and see what happens. Um, but I think that this is going to uh, allow a better understanding of what these sanctions are. We saw like Nord Stream, for example. We, we don't know who's blowing up that pipeline. We don't know specifically what's going on. But um, but better modeling of what happens when certain things shut down outside of the military realm. What happens when uh, the Europeans get shut out of, of, of uh, their energy markets? And can, and can somebody else you know, take that place? Will the United States step up? Will other parts of the world step up? I think that's going to be an important you know, kind of lesson learned after action report of this whole step. And, and, and I, again, I'm glad it's finally happened. Russia needs to be isolated very quickly. Uh, especially again, if something happens, but in, until the situation changes, uh, because then there's also has to be, you know, let, let's say, you know, if he gains some kind of peace out of this and stays in power, well, you're still going to have people reluctant to go back and invest in Ukraine because he's just going to come back in five years and smash it all up again. So that's, that's really what, what's got to happen. You can't have any of this stability unless you have security. And until the, the, the West is going to provide that, it's all going to mean nothing. We've. This is something that rarely gets brought up because everybody always wants regime change. And, you know, let's be real. Uh, I think all the world, even some who outwardly support him, think, OK, it's time we need a regime change. The fear, though, is 
you know, everybody's always hoping that the next guy is going to be the guy that's going to usher in something. Right. But very few, you know, uh, you know, very few Yeltsins out there and and, you know, people like that who can usher in something and and, and it, it becomes something else because the next guy may be 10 times worse. Do we know anything about who would be eyeing that? No, and and we don't because you know you you can't flip the paper now and not see another oligarch that's you know falls on a sword or slips on a banana peel and and so he's done a pretty good job of of getting rid of any of these competitors that I think are, would happen internal. You could have a situation where somebody comes from the outside that's not even living in in Russia right now that tries to take over and and you know Russia with it doesn't know really anything since revolution took place. You know they had the czar. We had, we know what happened there. The Bolsheviks and and how that whole went down. But um, you know th- they they lack the stability, the constitution of of what needs to happen should um you know should they need a new leader and we saw what he did he came Vladimir Putin came in and changed everything and made him basically the emperor for life similar to what we've seen in the past so we don't know um and you're right it could be some it could be a whole lot worse um I hope we're working on that we we don't have a great track record though of that as well you know go look think Shah of Iran you go back 50 years you go back 60 years we don't have a good record of, of siding with the right guy, the winner. We didn't pick the right guy in Afghanistan. We didn't pick the right guy in Iraq. We haven't picked the right guy in a long time. So let's let's kind of see how it breaks out. We'll see what we'll see what it goes. But there's really nobody on the horizon right now that people could say, yeah, with pay point to him and say, yeah, that's the guy. That's the one that's going to replace him. Always informative, the best in the business. Mike Lyons, military analyst. Appreciate you coming on. And as usual, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Chad. Have a great weekend. You too. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. And Mike's right, man. We do, we do not pick the right guy. And it just uh, – and again, is there even a right – a lot of times it's, you, it's just poor choices anyways. But uh, it is uh, – this, this is the biggest story in the world, period. And what could have happened today could escalate this thing so fast that it becomes one of those stories that's a story for mankind – and beyond. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Twitter, gold, silver, precious metals, coins. Great place to be right now. Absolutely. Lear Capital wants to show you why they separate themselves. They're going to send you an investor kit. They're going to educate you. You're going to get a free silver Kennedy half dollar. No obligation. And they're going to show you the things that they're capable of doing and why they have an amazing rating on Trustpilot and over 25 years of experience. Simple and easy. It's not going to cost you a penny. All you have to do is check out LearChad, L-E-A-R-Chad.com, LearChad.com right now. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Get that free Kennedy silver half dollar and just chat with somebody over there, LearChad.com. Chad Benson, Joe. Deep states? Uh, No. Deep doo-doo? Yeah, the Chad Benson Show. Ah, kids and kittens, the NFL is here. I've got my picks this weekend. Uh, speaking of the NFL, the Bucks. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. They uh, had a, uh, uh, let's see, 
sloshing water, a little bit of rain, some wind. We'll call it Ian. Roll through there and destroy lots of Florida, including big parts of Tampa Bay. But the NFL has said, yeah, we're playing there. I know it means a lot for us to have the opportunity to go out and play for our fans always. But, you know, after what so many people have gone through in the state, you know, it's it's great to go out there and give them something to cheer about. So uh, that is, uh, I believe it's a Sunday night game. They're taking on the Chiefs. Okay, let's do it. Last night, I got my pick right. Bengals won. Uh, they beat the Dolphins. Again, the horrific injury uh, to Tua. He flew home with the team, head and neck injuries. But, uh, you know, taking it day by day, aren't we all? Saints, Vikings. I went with the Vikings on this one. Lions, Seahawks go with the Lions. I don't know why, but, you know, just feeling it. I think they're playing better. Steelers, Jets, uh, awful. Doesn't matter how you look at it, but I think the Steelers will get it done. Giants, Bears go with the Giants. Colts, Titans. I went Colts. I know, shocker, right? I think the Chargers get back on track this weekend against the Texans. I have chosen, are you guys ready? The Falcons over the Browns. Ooh. Cowboys beat up on the Commanders. Not a shocker. I'm going to go with the Eagles over the Jags. I picked the Ravens at homes to beat the Bills. The Panthers will take on the Cards, and the Cardinals will win. They're great away from home. They suck at home. Raiders beat the Broncos. Then they got the Packers-Patriots. I'm going with the Packers over the Patriots. Uh, Sunday night game, Bucks chiefs I'm going with the Bucks to lose. I think the Chiefs are just a much better team right now. The Chiefs are going to beat up on them, uh, and I think that game's not really going to be as good as some people think. And Monday night. Rams, 49ers, I'm going with the Rams away from home, 25 and 22. Much better with week before I sucked so bad. It was crazy. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program, and if you miss any of the amazing program, uh, don't do that. What are you thinking? You can go to this thing called iTunes or TuneIn or or Spotify, or any of these other things, grab the podcast because uh, it's good. That's what I hear. I mean, that's what I heard. Right? If I was to Yelp me, I would give me, doesn't suck. That's pretty good on Yelp, right? Because we just basically, Yelp is just a place where you can go yell at other people that you didn't like their service. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Twitter, tweet, text, Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.